welcome to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. Look, I hope that you're having a great week. Again, I hope that you've had time to spend with the Lord in prayer and also time to be in His Scripture, because I cannot tell you enough how important it is to make sure that we're putting in the work, right? Make sure that we're developing that relationship with Christ, making sure that we are sticking to Him as close as we possibly can through every trial, through every tribulation, every bit of trouble, and to make sure that we are doing all the things that we can um, just to make sure that we're close to Him and learning and growing in Him. You know, again, you cannot be stagnant. Stagnant water does nothing for anyone. It becomes nasty. It becomes disgusting, you know, and it's not good for anyone, right? But it's made important that we continue to move forward and that we continue to allow living water to flow through us from the throne of God. Amen. And that's a little bit about what we're going to talk about as we continue on talking about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works through us and, and in us. So today we're going to talk about how the Holy Spirit talks through us and particularly ministers to other people. And then um, we're also going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues and really focus on what it is of speaking tongues and, and some of those things. So, But before we get started, again, uh, all of our scripture comes from the New King James Version of the Bible. So if you need a copy of a New King James Bible, feel free to drop me a note at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com um, here to help. And then also, again, don't just take my word for it. Make sure that you're studying to show yourself approved unto God. Make sure you understand what God has for you um, through all this and make sure that you're putting in the work. Like I said, um, you know, rightly dividing the word and, and finding out for yourself what God has for you. I cannot stress that enough. And I don't care if it's me. I don't care if it's an international minister. I don't care who it is. Make sure that you're doing the work and that it's lining up with scripture. Amen. But with that said, you know, I truly believe everything that I teach or I wouldn't teach it. Um, so, but if you want help or you want anything, just feel free to drop me a note at path to redemption, Ohio at Gmail. All right, so let's go ahead and get started. Our main scripture for today actually comes from the book of Matthew in chapter 10. And we're going to talk start at verse 16. And here's what Jesus says to the disciples. He said, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to councils and scourge you in their synagogues. You will be brought before governors and kings for my sake as a testimony to them and to the Gentiles. But when they deliver you up, do not worry about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak. For it is not you who speaks, but the Spirit of your Father who speaks in you. Now, brother, will deliver up brother to death, and the father his child, and children will rise up against parents and cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But he who endures until the end will be saved. When they persecute you in this city, flee to another. For assuredly, I I say to you, you will not have gone through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Amen. So here, Jesus Christ is telling the disciples about coming persecution, and that as they go out and preach Christ, and as they go out and talk about Christ, they're going to be absolutely persecuted and run through the mud um, by the Jews, and that the people are going to seek out to kill them, and that they're going to be caught up in front of the synagogues, and they're going to be caught up in front of the, the governors and in, in those things, and that Ultimately, it is God that's going to put the words into the disciples' mouths in order to speak whatever it needs to be spoken, right? And you see several examples of that, particularly with Paul, with Peter and John, um, with a bunch of examples of that in the book of Acts, right? But the other thing I would say is that is that while you know Jesus is saying this to the disciples, it's also important that when we are put in those situations, when we are taken up before uh, our leadership or because before people that want to persecute us or shut us down, that the 
the Lord will give us the words to speak appropriately. You know, I can think of a, a situation when, when I was a pastor where a man actually came against me and told me I was teaching things falsely. When I was teaching about grace and how and how Christ had fulfilled the law, and that the law of sin and death, the Levitical law, does not apply to us here anymore, and that it is after grace that we are saved, you know, through faith, and that ultimately Christ's grace is sufficient for us, right? And he told me I was teaching falsely and that I was saying that everyone was saved, which was not what I was saying. You still have to believe with your heart and confess with your mouth Jesus Christ in order for you to be saved. And I never made any doubts or or issues about that. And I never once said that people had a license to sin when they come to Christ. No, I just said his grace is sufficient as he cleans us up. But on the other hand, he said that I was saying that everyone was saved and that, you know, I was giving everyone a license to sin and all this because I was teaching grace. So what happened is he told the senior pastor that was over me at that point, and I got called into the senior pastor's office. Very similarly, uh, what's being talked about here, right? And I met with the senior pastor, and I explained to him everything, and the Lord told me exactly what to say, and it just kind of happened and came out, and I was reaffirmed in the position that I was in, right, by them, which is great. And, you know, it all happened according to the will of God. But the important lesson here is that even now today, when we're taken up into, into different areas and we're put in different positions, that God can literally speak through us and get us through the situation so that ultimately his will can be accomplished. It was his will that I stay in that pastorship at that time, right? But then there are going to be other times where we may not think that it's God's will, but it really is, right? Like for instance, you know, Paul was caught up before the Romans and ultimately was was killed in Rome, right? And understanding that it was Paul's time to go, and he knew that, Right, and he knew that it was his time to go because he wrote that he had run a good race, that you know that he had fought the fight, and all of those things. So it's important for us to understand that we have to be ready and willing to go in whichever way that that Christ wants things to happen and whatever God's will is. Just because we may have the right words to say doesn't mean it's going to work out the way that we think it is. But in the, my particular case, you know, the pastor reaffirmed the position, and I was there for another two years. And, you know, Christ kind of says this a little differently in the book of Luke, where he says in Luke chapter 12, starting at verse 8, he says, Also I say to you, whoever confesses me before men, him, the Son of Man, also will confess before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And if anyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man, it will be forgiven him. But to him who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit, it will not be forgiven. Now, when they bring you to the synagogues and magistrates and authorities, do not worry about how you or what you should answer or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say, right? So here he talks about, you know, are you going to deny me, you know, or are you going to allow me to speak through you? Because we all have that choice, right? When we're taken up into those authorities and we're taken up into those areas. We can deny Christ if we so choose, but it's going to be difficult for any of us that have a solid foundation and a solid relationship to be able to do that, right? Just because we love Christ and we want Christ to to be in our lives and we want to proclaim Christ so that others may come to his knowledge and all and all of those things. But we also have to understand that there are people that will deny Christ and that will say, look, yeah, I'm a Christian now, but when it comes, when the rubber meets the road and it's time for them to actually profess their faith in a difficult situation, they may fall. But that's their choice, right? Because it's important for us to make sure that we stay close to Christ where there's no way that we can deny him. If you're in that relationship with him, if you love him truly, then there's no possible way for you ever, ever to deny him. Amen. So, 
understanding that when we're put in those situations that God will speak through us. But Peter puts it a little differently, right? That we should speak as the oracles of God at all times. And this is what he says in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7. It says, But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister to one another. As good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. That in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Right. So Peter here says that when we speak, we should speak as the oracles of God. And, and that's really important, right? Because the oracles of God are going to bring are going to bring good news of Jesus Christ. The oracles of God are going to talk about about the things of God, right, and the things that God wants to happen. And they're going to speak in a way, in a manner that's going to represent God and represent who He is and what He is and how important that He actually is in our lives and in this world, right? So when we when we go and we minister to other people and we feel led to pray for other people, we don't actually have to worry about what words we're going to say because God will have those words there. When we're in that situation, right? And I think that it's important for us all to realize that because when we walk in this relationship, God's not going to tell you everything from the very beginning because what's the point of faith if he was going to do that? But rather when we go to the situations and when we're in these situations, God will actually make sure that the grace and that the words are there for us right when we need to get there, right? That we may speak according to his leading and according to the oracles of God, right? And it's so important that we recognize that because if we don't, we can talk ourselves out of doing the will of the Lord and doing what God asks for us to do. Amen. And you never want to be in that position because we're all going to have to give an account of that in the long run, right? We're going to have to say, you know, Lord, yeah, I did all these things, but there's just one person I was supposed to talk to that, that I didn't do that. So it's important that we recognize that the words will be there. The grace will be there. The ministry will be there. All we have to do is listen for that spirit, be in tune to the spirit, and then walk and go and allow the Holy Spirit to speak through us. Amen. So, Again, how do we know when to speak through the Holy Spirit? Well, you got to be led by the Spirit. We've talked at length about being led by the Spirit, right? And don't forget that it is the Holy Spirit's responsibility to make sure and to convict people and to lead them to you for you to pray for. And He will also lead them to you as well, right? The Spirit, the Scripture says that He will guide you in all truth. Why? Because He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, and He will tell you what you need to speak. And that comes from John chapter 16 just starting at verse five, it says, but now I go away to him who sent me and none of you asked me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your hearts. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, 
that's the Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you in all, into all truth, and he will speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you, right? So the Holy Spirit will speak to you. He will speak through you, right? As as Christ wants and as Christ wills, right? Or I should say as the Father wills and as Christ speaks it to him. Okay, so it's important for us to realize that and to understand that. Because if the, if we didn't have the Holy Spirit doing that work, and we did, and Christ didn't go back to the Father, we wouldn't be able to minister effectively to anyone because it would be out of our own flesh, right? Remember, out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. That river of living water comes from the Father and from the throne of God in heaven, and then it pushes out through us, right? We're only supposed to be the water pipes, giving clear water, refreshing water, refreshing words to people with encouragement and all of those things, right? And leaving the correction and direction or proof really over to to people that are that are in kind of the, the prophetic ministry and even some of the pastorships as well because that's their job right as a shepherd and then also as as the prophet so understanding all of that though it's important for us to when we feel led by the spirit to step out in that faith and to go out and minister to whoever it is and the words that God wants to speak will be there right so then but there are sometimes though that we don't really know what we should say or we really don't know what we should pray. And that's where the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes in so, so importantly, right? And I know that there's a lot of controversy over there about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and and about this. And I heard someone say that, you know, that was experiential for back then. And, and I'm sorry, but it doesn't make any sense. Because why would the Holy Spirit come with the evidence of speaking in tongues on just the first century church and then go away, right? Like that, that shouldn't happen because God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, right? And if he's doing a new thing in the land and we've entered into the church age, then we should see the same work of the Holy Spirit now as we saw in the first century church. In fact, we should see it in more maturity and in greater power and in greater authority because greater is the end of a thing than the beginning of a thing, right? So, Because that's what, what Solomon said in all of his wisdom. So it's important for us to understand that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an important part of a Christian's development and walk. Now, I want to be clear here, too. We talked uh, last week about about the the Holy Spirit and regeneration. You are saved and you have been given the Holy Spirit. If you have not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that does not mean that you're going to go to hell. That doesn't mean that you're not saved. That doesn't mean anything like that, right? But what it does mean is that the power is going to be lacking and that you're not necessarily going to be led by the Spirit to be able to, to do the things that God wants you to do in a general sense. That's not always true. Sometimes people can be led by the Spirit. Sometimes people can have visions and dreams without being baptized in the Holy Spirit. My grandparents are a perfect example of that, but I'm not going to get get too deep into that right now. But it's an important aspect. And, and why is it an important aspect? Well, we'll talk about that here in the book of Romans here in a second, but I want to read to you from Acts chapter 2. And starting at verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had come fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men in every from every nation under heaven. And when this 
sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused, because everyone heard them speaking in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, not all of these who, who speak Galileans, and how is it that we hear each one in our own tongue in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, these dwelling in those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying one another, one another, whatever could this mean? Now, and others mocking said they're full of new wine. So this is about the Holy Spirit, right? And it's about speaking in the in the evidence of the unknown tongue. And this is your example in, in the book of Acts, right, of how it came on the, the disciples and how it came on the other people that were up in that upper room, right? So that's the experience here, but you can have that same experience if you so desire. All you have to do is ask of God. If you don't ask of God, then he won't give it to you, right? So for instance, I've been saved and, you know, since I was, you know, probably six years old, I think was when I got saved, but I didn't fully understand what it meant at that age, but I can tell you that's when I got saved. Well, my parents prayed for me, the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was about 14, but it was about two years it was two full years before I started speaking at the evidence of tongues. And the reason for that was because my mind kept getting in the way and I couldn't really release it from God. Did that mean that I wasn't saved? No. Did it mean that I didn't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that I couldn't be led by the Spirit or something like that? No, it didn't mean that one bit, right? It just meant that my head was getting in the way and I couldn't truly process what it meant to speak in tongues. So I asked the Lord in prayer. I said, Lord, this isn't right. I'm stuck. I don't feel like I'm growing in you. I need you to either break through this or or do whatever it is. So I we were at church one night and the Lord told me, he said, I want you to run around the church. So while the music was going at the end, and so I did that. And the spirit hit me. And next thing you know, my prayer language came out fully developed, right? And that's what's so important. And I and also want to want to reiterate this. And I say my prayer language because that's really what the evidence of speaking in tongues is. It is a prayer language for the individual. Let's go to that to that scripture in the book of Romans, chapter eight, starting at verse twenty-six, where it says, Likewise the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know that what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. So he who searches the hearts knows that the mind what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. You see, I don't know what to pray 99% of the time, because in certain situations, I don't necessarily know what the will of God is. Because there may be something, what I think might be bad to happening to someone, but the Lord really wants them to learn a lesson through this thing, or maybe a trial or something else that God wants. So I typically pray in the Holy Spirit the majority of the time, right? Because I want the spirit to make give use the intercession make intercession himself using the groanings and the mutterings and those things and that is my prayer language that he may make intercession for the saints according to the will of God right because ultimately no matter what happens we should always desire what the will of God is in our lives and in other people's lives right and sometimes the will of God may go contrary to what we want but we also have to understand that his ways are higher than our ways his wisdom is 
is is much much greater than the wisdom that we have. So I prefer to that the Holy Spirit Himself make intercession for all of us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Right. So that's the big reason for the baptism of the Holy Spirit is that it's important for us to realize it's our prayer language for ourselves. Now I don't go out and speak in the pray in the Holy Ghost in front of everyone else. That is between me and God. My family knows what my prayer language is, but most people outside of that don't know just because I want to keep that between God and I. When I it's important that I go into my prayer closet and pray with God myself, right? Because I want that is between me and him. The same way that if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence speaking in tongues, that prayer language is between you and God. Amen. Now, here's what Jude said in, in Jude uh, starting at verse 20. It says, "But you beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others say with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment defiled by flesh. So here Jude says that, you know, build yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, Keep yourselves in the love of God, right? Praying in the Holy Ghost can help you build your faith. Why? Because again, it's the Spirit that is making intercession for you. Praying in the Holy Ghost can help keep yourselves in the love of God. Why? Because again, it's the Spirit making intercession for you through utterances and through groanings and moanings. And if we understand that, then the then the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues makes a whole lot of sense, right? Because it is the Holy Spirit speaking through you by himself, interceding for you, for your family, for your friends, for the people that are on your prayer list, for all those people that the will of God may be accomplished in every single one of those situations, right? And there are plenty of times that people will come up to me and say, hey, can you pray for me real quick? And I have no idea what to pray for. So I always start by praying in the Holy Ghost to see if the Lord will tell me if there's something specifically he wants me to pray for and how he wants me to pray for it, right? So praying in the Holy Ghost can also, again, give you a little bit of time to seek what the Spirit is going to tell you, to seek what the issue is going on and the best way to attack it, right? As the Spirit leads you. So praying in the Holy Ghost is very, very important, but it's also about being immersed in the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about that in a different time when we get into the baptism of the Holy Spirit fully, but we have to understand that the evidence of speaking in tongues and speaking in tongues is about an individual prayer language that is meant for one person right? And that is you, you, the person that is praying that the Holy Spirit will use you to intercede according to the will of God, right? Because it's important because Paul says that, you know, speaking in tongues is nothing because it doesn't edify the church, right? It edifies the person that's doing it. And we need to go through it in that concept because I think that it's been elevated so much to where, oh, you know, hey, you speak in tongues, but if it doesn't edify the church, then it's really not benefiting the church. And so you shouldn't do it there. You shouldn't do it in front of everyone. One, but rather you should do it in your prayer closet and pray according to the leading of the Spirit in your prayer closet, right, with your own individual prayer language. That's the whole point, right? So even at times when the Spirit moves me and I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost at church, I do it softly, I do it quietly because it's 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 edifying me and not others around me because there's not going to be an interpretation of it. Now, again, this is different than the gift of tongues and interpretation of tongues, but this is about your individual prayer language and God praying through you. Okay, so 
Jesus Christ will pray through you and through the Holy Spirit, right? It will make intercession for you. The other thing is that the Holy Spirit will speak through you to minister to others. And the Holy Spirit will give you the words when you're caught up into a difficult situation to help you get through it that with what God's will is in that situation. Amen. So understand all of that, right? God has a purpose through the prayer language. God has a purpose through all things, and God has a purpose for you. And he ultimately would love that everyone would be baptized in the Holy Spirit. But people have to want it. People have to invite it in. And if they don't, then that's okay too. Again, doesn't mean that they're not saved. Doesn't mean that, they, that they're not going to go to heaven. Just means that, you know, they're going to, it's a little bit easier when you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit to get through certain aspects of your life and certain aspects of things that are happening in your life. Amen. I know that from personal experience. So um, with that being said, this week's song of the week comes from the 2020 album, Say It, again by Jordan Feliz, and it is the first song on that album, and the song is Jesus is Coming Back. Uh, great song, right? And it's funny. I was talking with my mom earlier this week about how we were talking about the return of the Lord, and and you know, and she was talking about how she's a, a little fearful about some of the things that are going on right now. And I said, you know, Mom, the first century church used to actually comfort each other with the thought that Jesus was coming back. And I said, we kind of need to get back to that, right? We need to get back to the part where we comfort each other, knowing that Christ is going to return for us sometime soon in the future. And that's kind of what this song is about, you know, that we know that Jesus is coming back, um, you know, and, and that we're going to celebrate because Christ is coming back. Uh, and we all will. We all will when he, when he comes and catches us away and, and we meet him in the air. Amen. So just take comfort in that, but enjoy the song. Again, Jordan Feliz, Jesus is coming back from his 2020 album, Say It. Again, I hope that you're getting something out of this. Don't forget about the website, uh, pathtoredemptionministries.org. There's a lot of stuff out there. Again, um, and just kind of share the podcast, if you would, with one or two people. But again, until next week, just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless.